That was the perfect way to start Baptism Sunday, right? To sing like that and to hear the joy in this room. Um, well, good morning. My name is Logan. I'm the lead pastor here at Lower Manhattan Community Church. Um, I feel like I'm getting feedback in the mic. Am I not? Okay. All right. Well, today is Baptism Sunday here at LMCC. And we have the privilege of baptizing at least seven people today, of celebrating with them. And the scriptures declare that every time someone declares their faith in Christ, heaven throws this huge party. And so we are throwing a huge party after service um, to celebrate with these seven and anyone else who gets baptized today. We'll have a big luncheon. So we encourage you to plan to stay after and to join us for that. Um, I say at least seven, because today you will hear the testimonies of those who have signed up beforehand, but you will also be given the chance to be baptized as well. Some of you are like, I didn't sign up for that, and I didn't dress for that. I know that. <laughs> um, but we've seen, as we've read through the book of Acts, that sometimes God just compels you to declare your faith and to be baptized. I was baptized at 15. Um, I was baptized at the camp where I came to faith. I did not show up to that camp thinking I'm going to get baptized. But God compelled my heart to be able to say, take this step publicly. Declare that Jesus is your Lord and who you want to live for, and I got baptized. Some of you, that may be your story today. But I want to walk through a little bit of what is baptism and then pass it off to each of these individuals to share with you why they are getting baptized today. Because we've talked, Marcy talked a lot about it last week, but I just want to summarize. See, baptism is an act of obedience where you declare your faith in Christ and you also declare your desire to live the rest of your life following him as faithfully as possible. It's this declaration, not just of what you believe, but how you want to live going forward. And it's a chance for you to do that in a community that says, we'll join you in that effort. It's meant to be a public community activity where you commit to the community and we commit to you and say, we agree with what God is doing in your life. And we can't see, we can't wait to see what God does next. This week as I was processing, what is that declaration of faith, of full trust in Christ? And I felt like it was summarized in a phrase that I just kept thinking about all week. And the phrase is simple. It's Jesus is better. Jesus is better. And what I mean by that is Jesus is a better savior or Messiah or joyful, abundant life than anything else that you can find. He's a better savior than you are. He's a better savior than this world wants to give you. He is more satisfying. Because Jesus lived a sinless life in the face of every temptation and trial and difficulty you and I face. He then went to the cross and was crucified for all of our rebellion against God. He was crucified unjustly as an innocent man because of our actions of rebellion against God. And he did it that through the shedding of his blood and his death, it would cover over all of our sins, cleansing us, so that in his resurrection, we would be reunited with God in a personal relationship. That we could become a place where the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us so we know God intimately. Jesus is a better savior. 
That's what these people are declaring today. But they're also declaring that Jesus is a better Lord. By that, it's that he is a better leader for your life. It's a declaration Jesus is king, he's in charge now. I no longer have control over what I'm supposed to do. I have to listen to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit of how I'm supposed to live going forward. Jesus is better. And for a Christian, we know that saying that is one thing and living it out every day is another. It's easy for me to say Jesus is better and it's much harder for me to wrestle when it doesn't feel like he is better. That's why we do this together. Because on some days it's easier and joyful for anyone in here to say Jesus is better and others it's not. And so we get to come alongside of each other. And so baptism also represents the declaration of Jesus is better as I enter into this community in this act of obedience. And so if you have been baptized and you know it was based on a declaration of Jesus is better, today I want you to remember what that was like. Remember afresh with nostalgia and joy what God did in your life that led you to that moment and how he's been faithful since. And there may be some of you that were baptized not because Jesus is better, but because you were told you were supposed to. And that may mean that you're supposed to be baptized today so that you can say, not because religion told you, but because you can declare in your soul, Jesus is better. And others of you have never been baptized. You've never made that step. And today you can do so in the clothes you showed up in. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll dry and we have towels even though it's freezing in here because Marcy's in town. So, <laughs> so what's about to happen? I want you to know there's nothing special in that water except the fact that it's New York City, Hudson water and the best water in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. There's nothing magical about the water. What's magical is the act of faith of getting in the water. Because when you get in the water, you're following your savior Jesus and you're following his actions and there is a spiritual activity that goes on. And I wanna show you two scriptures of what's gonna happen for those who get in the water. In Matthew chapter three, verse 13 to 17, we see Jesus get baptized. And it says, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, John said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Those who are being baptized today are going to hear regularly, because they've already heard it by faith, God's pleasure over them. They're gonna hear, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And from that well pleased, they will live the rest of their life underneath the joy of the Father, the love that never, never runs dry and never fails. They will hear God's pleasure. But the second thing they will know is God's victory inside of them. There's an idea that when you go into the water, you're leaving behind something. You're leaving behind an old way of life, an old way of trusting in yourself, an old way of living for something other than God. And you're being raised as a new creature to walk in newness of life. 
It's not just faith and go on living as you wish. In Romans chapter 6, Paul picks up this argument. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. For we have those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So we get to see Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection symbolized inside of each of these people as they're buried, going underneath the water, old life dead, resurrected, new life beginning. That's their declaration of faith. And so you're going to hear a testimony, and then we're going to ask them three questions, and we're going to ask the church a question. We're going to ask, do you place your full trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you commit to following Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you commit to inviting this family of God to assist you to live as a child of God? And then we'll turn to you as a church and say, make commitments back to them as they've committed before you. And say, do you commit to assisting this child of God faithfully follow Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit? And just so it's easy for you, the answer key is I do <laughs> to all of them. And so it's my privilege to welcome the first person to give their testimony today, Margaret Mercer. I was fortunate to have grown up in a strong Christian home. I went to church with my family every Sunday, attended vacation Bible school, went to YMCA summer camp, went on mission trips. In kindergarten through 12th grade, I went to a private Episcopal school where we had chapel once a week and prayers at every school function and sports game. I definitely had a strong foundation, but things started to take a turn once I got to high school. I became more interested in drinking, boys, and status than going to youth group. I rebelled hard to the point that my parents were quite worried about me. I was so excited when I got to college and I could finally be independent and away from what I thought at the time were my overbearing parents. At school, I adopted a work hard, play hard lifestyle and was thriving, but God was not a part of my life at all. It wasn't until my senior year when a toxic long distance relationship ended that I began to turn back to my faith. After an extremely tumultuous year together, he broke up with me on graduation day and I spiraled into a deep depression. A month later, I moved to New York with no apartment and a mediocre job that I'd only accepted because I wanted to make sure I was in the city when he started his job. That first year in New York was one of the hardest of my life. I was in so much pain still and felt so alone. My ex and I remained in touch and saw each other on and off for a year and a half after we initially broke up. So it was like being broken up with all over again when I saw he started dating someone else on social media and I never heard from him again. After that, I threw myself into other casual relationships with guys desperately seeking love and affirmation. It only made things worse. I'd gone from being happy and confident to feeling worthless and empty. My mom suggested I find a church to get plugged into, so I found one that met in a hotel near my apartment in Midtown, and the Lord began to heal my broken heart bit by bit. I finally started feeling some relief. I went to that church for about a year before I found myself at LMCC towards the end of 2017. The first time I came, I'll never forget meeting Marcy, who was a greeter that day. She was so warm and really made me feel welcome. She invited me to join the young professional small group that she was leading, 
and I was shook when I showed up at the WeWork Lounge, and there were about 40 people my age there, and they had wine. <laughs> I was so happy leaving that night. I really felt like this is where I was supposed to be. Shortly after that first small group meeting, I started experiencing anxiety bubbling up in my life. As a very driven type A person, I'd always put a lot of pressure on myself to be an overachiever at work, to always have social activities going on, and to be living life to the fullest at all times. But what was a fulfilling life to me? Even though I was reconnecting with my faith, I still had totally messed up priorities. I was extremely self-absorbed, obsessed with my body and my appearance, and constantly looking for recognition and validation at work. God had healed my broken heart, but I hadn't let him into any other part of my life. My faith was what I fell back on when I needed help and didn't know where to turn, but I still thought I could fulfill myself and be in control of my own life. The pressure to perform, to achieve, to have fun, to be pretty, to have people like me began mounting day by day, eventually leading to me having a panic attack in the subway one day after work. I had never had one before, and it felt like I was going to die. It took me about a day to come down from it. I told Marcy about it, and she helped me get into therapy. My anxiety didn't go away overnight, and in fact, it's still something I'm working on today, but this was exactly the experience that God wanted to use as an entry point into deeper relationship with me. I experienced special intimacy with him during this period of struggle. We actively partnered together in my healing and therapy, and he started opening up my heart and showing me my sin, bringing things to the surface that I didn't want to look at. I started feeling a lot of guilt and shame about my past, and one night in my room, I poured out all my pain and my regret to God and asked for his forgiveness. We know that he separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west when we ask for forgiveness, but I still didn't feel forgiven. I was holding on to it, and I wasn't forgiving myself. That Sunday at church, I went to the back and got prayer from Logan. I said I just wanted to hear God's voice. I wanted to feel his love for me. I don't remember what Logan said, but I remember going back to sit down in my seat and just closing my eyes and waiting, and the Holy Spirit showed up. I heard him say, or rather yell at me, you are loved, you are forgiven. <laughs> A wave of peace came over me that I can't describe. After that moment, things really started to shift for me. I began actively seeking to surrender things I'd so tightly been grasping onto, and the Holy Spirit entered my life in a powerful way. During 2019, I experienced deep joy and peace, even in difficult times. I had some health scares. I had some disappointments in my career, but he was with me through it all. I still worried, but overall, my anxiety went way down because I got into a habit of just immediately casting all my fears and anxieties on him. I found myself doing things I would never normally do. I started sharing my faith with people at work, inviting friends to church, and showing kindness to strangers. I wasn't trying to be good or do Christian-y things. It was just pouring out of me. I spent time in the morning praying, meditating, and being filled up by God so that he could pour it out. My daily prayer became, not my will, but yours be done. A complete 180 from the way I had been living, constantly in fear and with a compulsive need to control and predict the future. I now try to live an open-handed lifestyle, thanking God for the blessings in my life, but ultimately being willing to lay down whatever he asks me to. 
I recently had to end a healthy and wonderful year-long relationship with someone because I knew ultimately a future marriage with him wouldn't honor God or help me to grow in my faith and live out my purpose. The good thing about seeking to follow the Lord in everything you do is that when you ask him to give you direction, to show you what you should do, to reveal his plans, he will. The bad news is that you might not like the answer, but I'm learning that sometimes God asks us to give up good things to make room for his best because that's how much he loves us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. I know that I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. My identity and my worth are no longer found in achievements or relationships. They're found in the Lord who's been relentlessly pursuing me my entire life. Praise God that his plans don't rely on my faithfulness. His joy doesn't hinge on my good behavior and his glory doesn't depend on my performance. Thank you. Margaret, your testimony was powerful. Do you place your full trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you commit to following him by the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do you commit to inviting this family of God to assist you as you try to live as a child of God? Yes. And church, do you commit to assisting this child of God to faithfully follow Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? My privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ in his death and raised in newness of life. This is your first Sunday, you came on the right day. Um, I, I didn't get to share that if you're feeling compelled as you hear these testimonies that God is telling you to be baptized today, even though you had not planned on it, um, we have pastors that are gonna be over in the back in your back right. We wanna encourage you as you're feeling compelled to go talk to them. Um, they wanna talk with you, pray with you, and then after all seven of these, during we'll continue to worship and we'll have those spontaneous baptisms at the end of that. But for now, we get to hear from Jordan Brooks. The reason I wanted to be baptized is so I could understand God more clearly and become one of his followers. Being his follower means working for him and showing love to all. I pray to him and let him make my decisions. I help others with what he gives me, and I want to live my life happy and peaceful because I know he will be there with me through good and bad. And I want to help others follow God too.
Awesome. Well, let's welcome up Max Carpenter. Hello, my name is Maxwell. I've been going to LMCC for as long as I can remember, and this is where I've learned about God. I'm being baptized today because I want the Lord to cleanse me and fill me with his Holy Spirit. I want, him to, I want to surrender to him and accept him as my king. I believe that his way is better than mine, and I can't change to his en from his enemy to his friend without his help. I believe Jesus died for me so that I can be his friend and live the better life he always planned. I want my life to overflow with the wonderfulness and greatness of God. Please welcome Jamie Newton Knight. Good morning. My name is Jamie, and I am blessed to be supported here by my husband, my mom, my daughter Orlena, my son Orlando, and my daughter watching online, my family watching online. I think I said my husband somewhere too. Um, I've been attending Lower Manhattan Community on and off for many years, actually since it was Manhattan Mosaic Church when Greg Farrell was the pastor. And I left kind of during the transition, but I started receiving flyers from LMCC and I visited the website and I saw a familiar, actually came in and saw a familiar face. And it was Cara Marriott, which prompted me to continue to attend. And when I came, I saw a lot more familiar faces and I began to attend as well. This will not be my first time getting baptized. When I was 16, it was kind of a natural part of the Baptist church in the South to get baptized. 
So once you were old enough and you knew right from wrong, in order to serve on the usher board or sing in the choir, you had to be baptized. So it's kind of like what you were mentioning. I kind of got baptized because it was the thing to do. Like we were told that was the right thing to do. Um, so once, oh, sorry. Since getting baptized as a teen, I could go on and on about the amazing things God has done for me in my life. When I had my daughter at 17, I had seizures and I was in a coma for seven days. The doctors weren't sure if I would make it. And there were lots of rumors around school that I had passed away. But on the seventh day, God brought me out of the coma. That's only one of the many things that I could testify about. I made the decision to get baptized again because I am completely a completely different person and I have grown stronger with my walk in the Lord. I'm in a space where I feel that I want more of him. In 2020, during the pandemic, God prompted me to gather a group of moms online and begin hosting a prayer call. I could feel the heaviness that many of them were experiencing. I immediately thought, God, you must have the wrong person. Because you know that I don't pray out loud, like, my prayer life is me and you. I can walk in my house and talk to you, but I don't want to pray out loud for anybody. That's kind of not my thing. And it makes me nervous because it makes me nervous and I don't like praying because I know many women that pray and I call them prayer warriors. They pray completely differently than I do. So I talked to God like he's my friend, and I said, clearly I'm not qualified. Please pick someone else. But he kept sending me the message through others and through some of the devotionals that I was reading. This event that I thought would be a one-time prayer call ended up being a monthly call, which still takes place today. Aside from not feeling adequate or qualified enough, to pray out loud for others. I also remember the time that I decided to pray out loud for my brother after he had a stroke and was in a coma. The doctors told us that we could go on, we could go in the room and talk to him, but he wasn't going to hear us, but we can talk to him anyway. Because we are a praying family, we all stood around his bed and my mom said, I'm gonna pray. And I said, mom, can I pray this time? And she said, you sure can. So I prayed, and after I prayed over my brother, we all said amen. And he began trying to open his eyes and lift his head. We were all in shock, but grateful to know that he could hear us. Although my brother passed away a few days later, that miracle alone showed us the power of God. When the doctors said no, God said yes. Although I was grateful, seeing the Seeing the power of prayer scared me. When we had our church retreat in April and had our time of solitude, I did some heavy praying and worshiping. I was in the zone. I turned on some worship music, walked back and forth in my room and I, as I worshiped. Then I sat quietly to hear back from God. Then I laid on the floor in tears, thanking him for what he revealed and for all he was going to do. During my time of solitude, God revealed that he wants me to be one of his warriors and that I need to get deeper into my word. He said that something big is coming and he needs people to be in alignment with his word. 
I kept saying I didn't understand what I was reading when I read the Bible, and it was too hard. And during an evening session, Pastor Logan gave out the Passion Bible, and either he or Marcy says something on the lines of, this Bible speaks in a way that's easier for you to understand. No more making excuses that you don't understand. Or at least that's what I heard. So I laughed because I knew that was God saying, now what's your excuse? So instead of running away when he tells me to do something, I'm trying to be better at practicing radical obedience. And my first step to going deeper was joining the Acts Bible study with Marcy because in order to be a fierce warrior, I need, to armor, I need the armor of God and the armor is his word. Giving my life to Christ is a decision I would make over and over again, no regrets. Amy, do you place your full trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. <laughs> do you commit to following Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do you commit to inviting this family of God to assist you to live as a child of God? Yes. Church, you better answer as loud as she's answering you. <laughs> Church, do you commit to assisting this child of God to faithfully follow Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes. <laughs> It's our privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ in his death and raised to newness of life. Please welcome Judy Lee. Hello, everyone. I'm Judy. I've been with LMCC for about a year now, and I'm very excited about today. Part of the reason I haven't been baptized before is because I haven't had a church community where I've felt comfortable enough being baptized, and so before I even begin my testimony, I just want to say thank you to LMCC and for the community that makes it possible. This is an amazing church. Okay, so now my story. My story begins in college. I was a freshman, and um, I was an Army cadet at West Point, and there's a very popular club. It's called OCF, or Officers Christian Fellowship, and I decided to try it out one night. And then I went back again and again. And over the next four years, um, it was an on-again, off-again relationship. So some seasons I was more active than others. And 
The same was true in the years after college. So some chapters of my life, I was actively participating in church and um, going every Sunday and in groups. And then some chapters of my life, I didn't even know where the closest church was. Um, and then a few years ago, my life kind of fell apart. And what was once a relationship of convenience became a necessity, became something that I needed and something that I clung to. And I haven't really let go. And so as these things go, the Lord made something pretty unbelievably terrible and turned it into something really, really good. And I'm ready to be baptized this morning. So let's do it. Please welcome Chris Maldi Ramirez. So God bless everyone. Um, yeah, my name is Chris Maldi Ramirez, and today is a pretty exciting day for me. Um, I feel blessed to be getting baptized today. Uh, sorry, I'm emotional. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, I feel that God has been speaking to me to take this step once again. Um, this is actually my second time um, that I'm going to be baptized. The first time, um, kind of like what Logan said, we did it because, um, you know, they told us to. And I didn't really have the understanding I have today of God. Um, I grew up going to church maybe since I was like uh, 10. Um, with my mother, um, and I've always believed in God, um, you know, had faith in him, um, and recently, like these past couple of uh, years, um, God has been working in my life, and he hasn't left my side. Um, I've been going through, I was going through some really difficult moments in my life, and he has shown me um, love and compassion, especially through people um, here, that I didn't know here at LMCC, um, and yeah, so, <laughs> and then um, when I started coming back to church, um, God um, showed me a lot of love, and through prayer, he um, took me out of the situation I was going through, and um, I am here today because I believe and have faith and prayer from Marcy, Sam, everyone that has been praying for me, um, God has yet to leave my side, he's not leaving my side, sorry, he hasn't left my side. 
And I want God to continue to work in me and to guide me and, my, and for me to help me guide also my children. Um, and I want to do God's will and work for his kingdom. Thank you. Right, please welcome Avery. So I'm gonna introduce Avery to you all. We made a deal because um, as we know, sometimes standing up in front of you all can be a spooky thing. And this is about Avery's moment with God. And we didn't want any anxiety about talking in front of a crowd to take away from that. So this is Avery Brooks, her husband, Jonathan, and, and her come to the church um, almost a year ago. And so we've, um, we've been getting to know them and so glad that they're here. I got to spend some time with Avery this week and really hear her story. And we're so blessed that they're in our church. And we can't wait to see what God's going to do with Avery going forward. So we're excited to be part of this really important moment. And know that you are in a place where you are safe and loved. Do you commit to following Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes, I do. Do you commit to inviting this family of God to assist you to live as a child of God? Yes. Church, do you commit to assisting this child of God to faithfully follow Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes. 
I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ in his death and raised in newness of life.